Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number 38 of the Elysium Project podcast, NFTs and the Metaverse with me, Brian Johnson. This episode is co-hosted by Austin James. Established in 2018, our mission at Elysium Project is to leave the planet and its society in better condition than we found it. Please be sure to visit us online at www.elysiumproject.tv where you can find links to all our social media as well as our upcoming online marketplace, blog, and more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Elysium Project podcast. I'm your host, Austin James, and today I will be interviewing who you all know and love, Brian Johnson who's extremely well-versed in the topics we're going to be getting into today, such as blockchain technology and the metaverse, and what this really means for us as a society and as a global civilization. But before we get into the episode, I want to share with you guys who it is that I am, how it is that I got to know Brian, and why it is that I'm here. So I met Brian back at the Canadian Fruit Festival in 2019, And I remember watching this guy, he had his tent set up with the Elysium Project and he was interviewing and hosting all these experts and keynote speakers and lecturers from the from the festival there. And I just thought to myself, damn, like, who is this guy? This guy's killing it. And then come full circle two and a half years later in 2021, I have the honor and privilege of working side by side with him on the Elysium Project. And I've been working behind the scenes with him for the last three months or so redesigning and redeveloping our website, getting it set up to integrate our first online marketplace and store. So everybody stay tuned for that. We're really excited moving forward and I'm really excited moving forward to keep giving you guys top quality content, hosting amazing people, innovators of our time, and it is such an honor and privilege to be here. So without further ado, here is Brian Johnson. What's up, everybody? Brian Johnson, welcome to your own show, brother. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me. This is exciting to be on the other end of things and Absolutely. Uh, to be diving into a topic that I feel fairly comfortable in sharing with our listeners today. I've been sort of in, on some level involved in this space of I guess you could say blockchain and web three and technology in general for, for quite a few years. Um, as we kind of talked about before this podcast, you know, the majority of my friends growing up kind of all went on to become computer developers. So it's something I've sort of always been a part of. I've kind of been the anomaly, the, the artist and creative entrepreneur of the bunch always coming up with crazy ideas and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty well versed, I would say much more than the average person in this subject. So I, I'm hoping fingers crossed that we can do it justice today. Perfect. I'm really excited to jump into all these topics that are really almost like a sci fi reality coming to our world right here right now tied into the world of blockchain and NFTs. Uh, the internet of things and this whole web three and metaverse concept. It's fascinating to me. And I, I am like admittedly very ignorant on, on a lot Mm. of these topics, especially when it comes to the metaverse, which as you know, has been in the works for years now. 
And I'm only hearing about this because of the bottom of like Instagram and Facebook when I open the apps and whatever, and I see metaverse and I'm like, mm. what the heck is this thing? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward brother to jumping into all this. So where, where shall we begin? My friend, I, I would, I would personally like to begin with the metaverse and just what on earth is metaverse. Totally. I, and, and just for the listeners, I know nothing about this whatsoever so this is just as much of a learning experience for me as it will be for for anyone else who is also ignorant to this topic well it's funny you know you mentioned science fiction and the idea of the metaverse actually first came from science fiction and i'm i'm just curious i was surprised by this as well when i found out when it, the year it was first termed do you want to take a guess as to how long ago it was that this idea for the metaverse first came about? When this idea for metaverse yeah. first came forward? Uh, I would guess, uh, I'm not sure, 10 years ago? Yeah, okay. So it's 1992. Uh, it was first termed in the science fiction novel Snow Crash. And uh, oh, wow. more or less, same idea as what we're developing today this fully immersive experience that will succeed the internet as we know it today and i think i i'm gonna sort of we'll, we'll progress into what exactly the metaverse is because i think it's necessary to understand all these other technologies beforehand i mean it's such a uh mm, okay this is such a big subject and broadly speaking what it is is termed web 3.0 um so obviously we've had web one web two and now we're into web three and it's more theoretical at this point we're we're in the process of building it but let's just first go back to what web 1.0 was so in okay. the yes in the 90s when the internet was first developed it was basically just you would go to your computer in your living room, dial up the internet, sit there, and you'd look at a site. You wouldn't really be able to interact with it too much. It was mainly just websites that were text with a few images, and that was kind of it. That was your experience. Web 2.0, that sort of came around more in the early 2000s, 2004 or 5. The internet became a lot more integrated in terms of your ability to interact and we had companies like google buying out youtube and uh, facebook coming along and twitter and these social media giants and we could really interact and 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 share what we were doing so much more than in internet 1.0 that really that just didn't exist that framework for having these big uh networks but one of the problems or criticisms that we see with it, and we're still dealing with it, these are centralized systems. Google, Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube, they're all centralized networks. And uh, <clears throat> we see that a lot now, like people getting deplatformed from these networks. They say the wrong thing or whatnot, and they get it's, it's up to the company because they create the rules so to speak, this, uh, these centralized networks. Now with Web 3.0, it encompasses decentralization. That is a big aspect of it. 
um, the idea of taking the power away from these big companies and putting it into the hands of the users. And one of the main ways that we're doing that is through blockchain technology. But again, Web 3.0 is theoretical at this point. We're, we're developing it. We don't exactly know mm. what it's going to look like or for that matter, what the metaverse is going to be exactly. We have an idea. And of course, Mark Zuckerberg uh, did a little video presentation a few weeks ago. I mean, so this is coming at perfect timing that we're doing this podcast, but he sort of displayed his idea, what Facebook, which is now meta, what they feel the coming metaverse is going to look and feel like. And that was an interesting video to watch. It was almost like he's telling you, this is what you're going to do in the future. And it was kind of weird in that way. He's like, you're going to be mm-hmm. doing this and you're going you know, telling you what already implanting in you, what the metaverse is going to be like and what you're going to be doing. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into what Web3 is and this idea of decentralization, how that's kind of come about through blockchain. Yes. And why that is absolutely so all these things are like we're gonna we're gonna tie these things together because these are all seemingly interconnected like blockchain web3 metaverse nfts smart contracts this concept of augmented reality right so So there's going to be how can we segue yeah exactly so there's going to be again this push for decentralization is a central theme in web 3.0 and hopefully what the metaverse is and Mm. there's decentralized basically what decentralized is is you're taking again the power out of a central authority and bringing it back into the users so in the sense of banking for example it's literally called the central bank right where you have this private institution in the states they call it the federal reserve but there's nothing federal about Mm. that it's a private bank um it's no different than federal express using the words federal and what with decentralized finance you'll often hear the term DeFi, and that is decentralized Mm. finance and that's this idea of taking the power away from the banks and putting it into blockchain now what is blockchain to describe blockchain you could you could devote hours, days, weeks to describing exactly how it works and why it works. And to be honest, unless you're super tech savvy, which I I am to an extent, but even I couldn't describe all the tiny details of how it works. So I just want to do sort of a basic layperson's understanding of what exactly blockchain is, why and how it's it's uh, decentralized. What blockchain is, is a distributed ledger technology. And this is where it gets really complicated. And I'm going to try and just make this simple and digestible. But when we say ledger, it's another way of saying a list, right? You have a list of, in sense of, say, Bitcoin, these are transactions. It's recording all the transactions and it records them in blocks. So Every 10 minutes or so, a new block is created, and that's just a bunch of transactions on the blockchain. They are all linked together. That's what makes it a chain. So it's a bunch of blocks 
of information all linked together in a chain and they're distributed about thousands of computers all around the world that are all running this ledger and they're all coming to consensus on it. They're all saying, okay, we're looking at this list of transactions and we're all coming to an agreement yet. Yes, this is the correct list. We're going to solidify this as a block. It's going to be written in stone and onto the next block. And that goes on, you know, for as long as the blockchain is running. I know that's kind of, especially in a podcast, that's sort of hard to explain. It makes more sense visually. I'm sure there's some really Mm. great videos on YouTube for anyone who wants to sort of get more in depth into it, but basically it's a distributed ledger. So in normal traditional centralized banking, you're putting your trust into the bank that when I give you, when I deposit a hundred dollars in and I send it to you, Austin, we're trusting that putting our trust into the banks that, that they're not going to scam us. And for the most part, we can do that. You know, our banks are pretty trustworthy. It's rare, if ever, that you hear of them scamming us, but we're, we're, we're trusting these institutions. With blockchain, we no longer have to do that. It cuts out the middleman. It's a technology that allows for that open peer-to-peer exchange and creating that distributed ledger without having that centralized middleman involved. I don't know if that, and rest assured, this is the most complex part of this conversation that we're going to have because to describe blockchain, I find is, is, is blockchain almost a form of artificial intelligence? Well, I would, I would say so. Yeah. Because um, it's, instead of trusting in people, well, Bitcoin and blockchain is basically a trust machine. And instead of having to put your trust into a third party, you're putting your trust into a mathematical program that is really, really difficult to to crack, to hack. It can Mm. be in the case of Bitcoin, if you are controlling 51% of the computers on the network, which would be super, super difficult and costly to do to the point that it wouldn't make any sense to do. That is what makes Bitcoin immutable is the word that is used. Um, the inability for, for us to, to alter the ledger. So in a sense, in, to answer your question, I would say that, yes, it is almost like a form of artificial intelligence because we can run these blockchains and put our faith into the blockchain without having to rely on trusting an organization of people. Hopefully that kind of makes sense and answers your question there. And then we get into smart contracts and NFTs, which is really the interesting stuff. NFTs obviously been a really big buzzword this year. We've heard about people selling digital art online for millions of dollars yeah this is a fascinating topic for sure yeah so a smart contract is a contract which runs on a blockchain it's a program uh, a code which is running on a blockchain Uh, typically ethereum is used it was sort of built with this idea in mind to run these smart contracts 
But basically what a smart contract is, <clears throat> again, you're cutting out the middleman. So for example, if you were using, people are usually familiar with crowdfunding where you say, I have this project, I want to raise X amount of money from the, the people who want to see this happen. And I'm going to use this website or, or application of, again, it's centralized to, to make it happen. So people will give, give their money and will say like when a hundred thousand dollars is reached, this project will, will go ahead. Um, and only, only then when that is reached, will we release the money to the creator? You could do the same thing with a smart contract on the, on the Ethereum blockchain or other blockchains that run it, where you say, I have these stipulations for, for um, this contract going ahead. And once I receive this from you, we're good to go. We don't need a middleman because again, as you kind of said there, it's almost like artificial intelligence. The blockchain is handling it. And this has been really popular as of this year with NFTs, non-fungible tokens. So when we say something is fungible, it's basically a fancy way of saying that something is interchangeable. So money currency that we use is fungible. $1 equals $1. It's interchangeable. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. That's, that's a, remains a constant and that's what makes it currency. Whereas other things, for example, you could say trading cards. One trading card, if you have, let's say, let's use hockey, for example. If you have the Wayne Gretzky card, it's probably going to be worth a lot more than Joe Schmo, hockey player or whatever, who, although they're both hockey cards, they're not interchangeable. They have different value. And that's the difference between a fungible token and a non-fungible token. So how this has really been used especially this, this last year in 2021 here is digital art. If you go onto OpenSea.io, I think is the main marketplace. That's a web address. You can type that in. You can look, see um, a lot of these non-fungible token art pieces that are created, again, on the Ethereum blockchain using a smart contract. And... Uh, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around what exactly these are and why they have value, I think. Right. But in some ways, I think it's almost easier to, once you properly understand it, to wrap your head around it than, than blockchain as a cryptocurrency. So, for example, you, you and I both play guitar. Um, mm -hmm. If you think of like a Fender Stratocaster, you can, you can go out, you can spend about $1,000, get a beautiful fender stratocaster guitar but if you had the fender stratocaster that say Jimi hendrix played and you had that in your living room it's still just a fender stratocaster there's nothing special about it but it has that that story attached to it that value you can bring your friends over and go yeah oh yeah that strat that was Jimi hendrix's strat right and that has mm. a huge amount of of value it's the same idea when we pass things down to our children. 
you know, that have sentimental value. It might just be some, some China or some vintage furniture, but you look at it and you say, you know, that, that was my family's, that was my grandmother's. It has this story that's attached to it. And I think there's something that very much that's a part of the human experience is we, we attribute value to, to things. And that's why we ultimately collect and choose to, uh, yeah, to place value in these things. Uh, so with an NFT, an artist can go on there and list their digital, digital artwork, whatever that may be. And even though everyone can go on to OpenSea.io and look at that, and they could even right click and save that image and have the exact same image that someone could potentially be paying a million dollars for. And it doesn't have to be an image, by the way, it can be videos sound like we have only brushed the surface of what an nft can be and what smart contracts can do i mean years from now there'll there'll be things that we can't even comprehend right Mm -hmm. now that haven't even come to fruition ways in which we're going to use these things but as of today as of for 2021 like we said nfts as as a form of digital art exploded and so back to what we were talking about, you can go on OpenSea.io, you can right click and save that image, have it on your desktop, but it's not the, the unique authentic version of it, which a smart contract can allow you to have that stamped piece. So you can, if it's a meme, for example, the creator of the meme could go on there and say, hey, this is my authentic meme. And do you want to be the person who, who owns the rights to that. And sure enough, people have been like, yeah, we, we do. Um, we want to own that unique piece and show off, you know, have that form of digital clout and say, look at, look, I own, you know, this, you, you guys all may have that picture saved on your computer, but I'm the unique owner. This is mine right now. Right. <laughs> and there's something again, that inherently I, I, it's hard to explain, but that's, that's part of human nature. And if you, the youth today in these almost proto metaverses like Roblox and Fortnite, where they go in and they have these digital sort of versions of themselves, they buy skins for their characters, outfits and stuff like people are already doing that. Right. And it's, that that's where the the internet and web three and this metaverse is heading where we will have these digital representations of ourselves and be dishing out real world currency for these nfts so nfts can take place in the form of like yeah skins outfits for our our avatars they can be places within the metaverse Again, basically, an NFT allows for digital ownership of an asset or, or good. Does that, yeah, sort of? No, it sense? definitely makes sense. It's uh, the concept of it makes sense to me. It's still just a funny concept because it's like a it's like a digital format. Like it, it's it's still going to take time for me to recognize the difference in value between, like, let's say, a picture of a particular NFT online versus the actual original digital copy of that. And like the, the value in that, like do these NFTs do something for an actual person or is it literally just like a piece of art 
that that can only be seen and accessed on someone's like online profile somewhere um well it's it's no different really than real world art you could have like that example of the guitar you could have a poster of the mona lisa in your room but Mm. it's not the mona lisa and someone could say well why is why is that any different right you know why is the mona lisa worth whatever however many millions upon millions it's worth it's just the the story behind it of if i had the actual mona lisa in my living room right here like people would be like what you know (laughs) so nfts are really no different and smart contracts are a way to prove that you have that digital ownership of it okay so the smart contract is what validates the actual copy of an nft exactly it's a way to because again blockchain a smart contracts built in the blockchain blockchain is immutable basically you can't go in there and hack or mess around with the blockchain because right. all of these computers around the world are running the same blockchain so if someone's trying to do something shady they basically all call it out so like oh i see what you're doing there nope and they cast it out and on goes the blockchain so by having these smart contracts tied into these nfts it allows you to have that authentic certification of unique ownership wow that is so fascinating man it's just fascinating that this is like the direction that we're like moving it's it's just becoming more and more digital more and more technological on one way it sounds like this decentralized currency and decentralized finance is sort of in a sense giving a sense of power back to the people but it's still the ultimate ruler of of this decentralized thing is some form of technology, some mm. form of artificial intelligence. Yes. Yeah. The concept is really cool though, because it's like, we're no longer have to necessarily mitigate and deal with big banks of North America right. and, and the federal reserve and these kinds of things. And instead we, we have like a sense of sovereignty in our finances that way. Mm. So it's just this interesting contrast to, to watch the direction in which we're like heading in this whole thing. Yeah, you hit the nail on the you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the intentions of it are to have this beautiful web 3.0 that is decentralized, that brings the power not just from from finance, but from also like applications. Like you said, Facebook is a centralized company which which owns Instagram and they they collect your data and, and sell it to advertisers. And a lot of people don't really like that with web 3.0 the the goal anyways again it's something that's in development we don't really fully know what it's going to be but this idea of having a decentralized internet like it was originally intended to be is a big a big part of everything so we can hope that that's the direction it goes you know, Facebook announced that they're rebranding as meta and putting billions of dollars into building the metaverse infrastructure. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to look given that Facebook is in its current form, a very centralized company. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, to me, just at face value, like, 
on the very little that I know about the metaverse or that I think I can understand and perceive about it. It seems like some weird, strange form of like a virtual reality. Of mm-hmm. sorts. Like, is that accurate? Yeah, the virtual virtual reality is going to be a part of it. We currently in 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 today's world, we have an internet that's accessible basically by or largely the majority of people just come to a screen, whether it's a computer or pulling out the phone in your pocket. We're always looking at screens and the idea right. of Web3 and the metaverse largely does involve as someone once said, I think bringing the internet into the real world and the real world into the internet, this complete mm-hmm. immersion of them, which, which is wild, right? To think that that's the direction that we're going, but we are going that way. I don't think this is not something that can be stopped. And like, like a lot of things, I think there's pros and cons to it, which we're going to talk about here um virtual reality and augmented reality definitely are both a part of the vision of the metaverse especially in that video that mark zuckerberg released where he's doing all these crazy things with his metaverse avatar and stuff so so yeah let's let's segue let's jump into that what do you mean by augmented reality yeah i haven't heard is that is that synonymous with virtual reality is is it does it kind of insinuate the same thing so virtual reality as we all know is is a complete simulation you put on the goggles or whatever and you're in a totally different reality from this this world this actual reality that we're in and that's definitely a part of what the metaverse probably will be in, in web 3.0 and so forth. I mean, it's going to be enormous. It's only most people still don't own uh, VR headsets or anything. That's it's like when the, the smartphone right. came out, that was, that was web 2.0 and people at first were like, Oh, I don't need a smartphone. But then all of a sudden everyone owned it. It's going to be the same with VR. People are just going to be sitting there on their sofas, completely immersed in these digital worlds, which again, pros cons to that, obviously. Um, But augmented reality is a little bit different. If you think back Five years ago, do you remember when the game Pokemon Go came out? Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. So yeah, for for listeners who maybe aren't don't know what that game is, basically five years ago there's this, this phenomenon where everyone was walking around on the street, holding their phones out, catching Pokemon on their phone, but they weren't just doing it on their phone. It was augmented reality that was really the first mainstream use of augmented reality so you would Uh. hold you would hold your phone up and you'd be walking down the street and looking through the camera on your phone but so you'd be seeing what was in the real world the street but there would also be a little pokemon hopping around and your goal was to try and catch that and collect the the pokemons and that was augmenting the reality that we were in but of course that was pretty limited you're, you're just kind of looking at a little screen with web web 3.0. We're trying to move away from that. And uh, I really think like, obviously, as I said, virtual reality is going to be enormous, but I, 
think that augmented reality is probably going to be even bigger and where things end up going more because Meta, Facebook, Meta, they just announced, they released, uh, I think a few weeks ago, these Ray-Ban augmented reality glasses. So the AR glasses that you put on, they just look like normal Ray-Ban glasses, but they will allow you to do much like with the Pokemon Go on your phone. They put holographs and, and images into the reality that we're existing in. So in this world, but there's also you know, a hologram. So the easiest way for me to explain that is like, if people have seen the Iron Man movies, Tony Stark and stuff, he's just kind of walking around his room. And instead of having actual screens, there's just holograms and he can like reach his hand out and touch that hologram and move it around. That's 100% possible with the use of some form of augmented reality technology, which right now is these Ray-Ban glasses or glasses that just look like normal glasses. No one would really know that you're in this other world. But Dude, that is so funny, man. Like, okay, have you seen the movie Free Guy? No, I have not. Oh my goodness. That is like literally to the T, that movie. Like it's just generally speaking, the it is it is some form of augmented reality like in the in the real world like the world you and i live in there's this video game that's super popular worldwide and people like go into this game and it's not like it's i I, they're not wearing like a virtual reality headset but the the movie is shot in the perspective of like being inside the game and and there's this and there's a bunch of npcs in the game and ryan reynolds plays the role of an npc and the whole story is it's about that he's an NPC, like a, just a, a fake character who becomes self-aware within the game. Like he becomes this form of artificial intelligence, but he puts on, it's all when he puts on the glasses that he starts to see like all of these things. Like oh, okay. it, it, yeah. it's just exactly what you described. It's yeah, like totally. what Facebook came out with. Like it, you put on the glasses and you see it's like, everything's like a video game now. Like everything is like, you know, there's holograms, there's people yeah. killing each other. There's just like, it's like a video game, completely full on a video game. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. It is. And that is really where I feel that I, I really see web three and the metaverse going like I said, there was that person who said, or I'm sure many people have said, we're bringing the internet into the real world and the real world into the internet. Right. Well, right. if you're walking down the street and you have a pair of AR glasses on, you can you see a building and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me about you know, the history of that building. All of a sudden, just like a hologram, like in Tony Stark, Iron Man, oh this, my God. <laughs> these images just pop up and, and they oh start. Oh my goodness. So you're no longer, like I, I totally see a time five, 10 years down the road, who knows technology evolves oh so my. fast, but where we, we don't even have a cell phone anymore. Why would you want to look at this antiquated rectangular screen when you can just have holograms pop up? So you can oh be sitting goodness. there on your, on your sofa, just lazing out and having all these conversations with with your friends but you're also in this world um it's it's crazy stuff and that is a big part of this this whole idea of the metaverse so that is that is a prime example of what augmented reality is totally yeah and it's in the facebook or meta video that mark zuckerberg released with showing what they believe the metaverse is. I think there's like scenes where he's 
he's fencing with someone and it's his body, but he's holding like a virtual sword and, and they're going about it. That will hmm. be possible through basically augmented reality. Virtual reality would be, you have a totally uh, virtual body and an avatar in, in a virtual world. And you're completely removed from, from this current world, which is like, I guess, ready player one that movie um and you meant you know you mentioned what what was the name of that ryan reynolds movie free guy yeah great movie by the way incredible movie i'll have to watch that it's really interesting this kind of combination of of hollywood and what gets released through movies just to sort of condition us prime the public (laughs) yeah exactly get ready (laughs) yeah i only watched a little bit of ready player one the other night as sort of homework for this podcast but i think it was like very accurate the parts that i saw i'm like oh yeah that is that is the future wow and so is this this augmented reality is that essentially kind of what the metaverse is like just this merging of technology technology in that way with our current world that we're living in like is that essentially or is that just like one aspect of metaverse i think you said it really well it's the merging of technology into the world that we're in now our society is just the rate of technology we talked about this the other night on phone call you know 40 years ago you had you had pong just these two white paddles on the video game screen bouncing a ball back and forth now you have games like fortnite these completely immersive 3d virtual worlds where people kids are just spending time hanging out that's how they especially with the covid that's how a lot of kids um my daughter included is really into into roblox and it's these immersive Mm -hmm. 3d worlds where they want to spend money for their virtual avatars and everything always starts with the kids so the kids have been really much like we talked about with the the movies and stuff they've been primed for this and they're they're totally ready and i think comes with it a lot of potentially you know there's pros and cons and we have to be like i said this this technology is coming there's nothing that's really going to stop it and there's a lot of good intentions behind it but you look at how invested people get into their their social media today their instagrams creating these these virtual personas these curated profiles of pictures that of how they want to be perceived online. And that's just going to be taken to a whole different level with augmented and virtual realities. And these, these avatars that we have that we're going to supposedly be completely connected with, we're going to, that's just going to be an extension of ourselves. And I think we have to be very mindful of using that, technology as you know as we've talked about a lot like i i don't personally have a a personal instagram Mm -hmm. uh it's just i think there's a lot there's a lot of uh dangers to to this expansion of technology that we are not equipped to 
as a human species quite quite deal with we oh, haven't we haven't yeah. evolved to deal with <laughs> interacting with thousands if not millions of humans around the world it's just it's it's oh, man. even look even look like so just yesterday l and i like we watched the karate kid and yeah. i was talking to you about this yesterday yeah. it's like you can see in the movie like this is shot in the 80s or whatever like the the movie takes place in the 80s and and you just look at, you just observe the characters in the movie and it's just that's an accurate representation of that time right like no one had cell phones no yeah. one no one was like head deep on their instagram whether walking around on a date or whatever like they were so <laughs> present to each other yes. imagine all the other things out there that you would notice if you weren't if you didn't own a phone you know if yeah. you didn't have these social media platforms and these like these online personas that you got to like keep up or whatever and like you're so yeah. immersed into the now moment into the present moment and that's the it's just crazy man because now it's like like you said like this technological advancement and evolution like it's not slowing down mm. like this whole metaverse thing caught me completely off guard and now now i have a much bigger understanding of what this really is and it begs the question like are we are we getting you know is this going to propel our evolution spiritually per yeah. se? like or is this is this going to expand our consciousness or is this going to send us into the deepest hole of escapism that we have ever seen hmm. in the history of our planet because like where I'm at on my own journey is like, I'm, I'm all about expansion and I'm all about like understanding how to use my consciousness just as, you know, our bodies are just the, the most advanced technology, technological thing that we have access to. And we barely know how to use this. We yeah. barely, we're just now tapping into like these ancient, <laughs> seriously crazy spiritual principles mm -hmm. and the ability to, tap into your pineal gland and activate your chakras and and tap into quantum energies and and understanding the nature of reality through our thoughts and and our belief systems and our traumas and how these things coincide but it's like are we now getting you know where are we at like going into yeah. this metaverse concept it's like okay great like we're gonna be these crazy technologically evolved like three-dimensional <laughs> programmed human beings like which direction is this really going to take us you know like it's just it's crazy man yeah there's so much to unpack there i mean mm -hmm. there's a video actually i think it's part of that facebook presentation or maybe it's not i can't remember anyways i saw a video online just showing the possibilities of where 3d rendering of like a, a virtual human has gotten to and i was I was shocked. I didn't realize it was as good as it is. The 3D replicas like of you could create a 3D, you know, computer generated version of myself that would look pretty damn near close to <laughs> to myself. And we've talked about this with the uh, the deep fakes and so forth. These. Yeah. Yeah. The deep fakes, these digital fake versions of people there's that tom cruise deep fake that's going around you can't tell a difference between the fake version of tom cruise and the real tom cruise which is it's mental it's mental poses scary ethical questions yeah. for the future and i think that that's what put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth from that that presentation by mark zuckerberg because he was saying 
you're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing like telling people what we're going to be doing. And it's a choice to use these technologies to some extent. I realize that to be completely, you know, unplugged from, from the internet and, and email and text messaging and all these things that, that like, there's a lot of pros to technology. It's, it's uh, made our world a much smaller place. And as you said, discovering a lot of these ancient wisdoms and so forth, this kind of idea of a new age coming, I don't think would have been quite possible without the internet to facilitate that, that sharing of information. So yeah, on the one hand, there's, there's so many, so many beautiful things that technology has brought us and this idea of decentralization i think is wonderful i think it's amazing it's a revolution that we haven't seen really throughout all throughout human history i don't think um the bringing of power back into the people's hands it's been a long time coming and it is possible through blockchain and other decentralized technology so there's a lot to look forward to but like everything in life there's there's the light and the dark the yin and the yang there's there's two sides to everything and um i just think that people have to realize that it is a choice to use these things as much as mark zuckerberg says you're gonna be doing (laughs) what telling us what we're going to be doing unsettling very unsettling it is it is (laughs) um no one likes to be told what to do. Yeah, except for for the the kings up on top of these social media platforms that like to, uh, you know, as much as they don't like to admit it, they like to uh, basically brainwash us and control how we're gonna want to uh, spend our 100%. time. One hundred percent. Which, which sadly, like you say, is you looked at the movie The Karate Kid and you just were like, oh. This is like 1982 or whatever it was. And people are just, they're just walking around. They're existing in the universe and not the metaverse. (laughs) Um, And maybe, and maybe that's not necessarily the road that we all want to take. And if I could, before we end this, I just wanted to share some of the ways that I like to consciously use technology because over this past year, it's been something I've been very conscious of the way that I'm using my smartphone or computer or whatever technology it is. I felt like, especially again, with the pandemic, a lot of us were spending way more time online on our phones, computers, Netflix, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And um, I just realized that I wasn't really comfortable i didn't feel good about the amount of time that i was spending on my phone or social media applications and so forth i didn't really feel like i was getting value out of scrolling social media um so i so i made some changes and i just wanted to kind of share some of those also a lot of these were sort of inspired by tristan harris and he runs the Center for the Humane Use of Technology. I think they, they just basically advise people within the sphere of technology, you know, how to make design a little bit more ethical technology rather than the typical model, which is based on 
you know, taking advantage of our attention and just trying to get us addicted. So I guess like some of the things that I've done for one, I, I completely reset my phone and I took all the unnecessary apps off. I, so with this whole idea of this completely immersive internet that we're always going to be in, I don't think I quite like that. I'm going to probably want to be disconnected from that a fair amount of time because I just, is that really necessary? And with my phone, I took off all the unnecessary apps. So basically I have just text message, phone calls. I can use my camera. I can use the, the calendar maps, you know, basic necessary functions. Actual tools. Tools, yeah. Things that I derive value from because, sure, I, people can make up their own minds on on what they feel they derive value from, but I certainly didn't think that just sitting there with my thumb, just scrolling through hours on social media in some cases per day was really a good thing for me. So I, I removed that and you can go obvious i mean facebook started on a computer before there were mobile phones so you can go to a computer log in check it log out go, move away from your desk you're done and that's how i check facebook and for elysium project that's how i go on the the instagram i don't have instagram on my phone sending push messages buzzing all the time that's another thing i did the only thing that buzzes on my phone is a phone call now I took off all like I don't even get a buzz for text I mean if it's really important call me my phone's gonna ring start buzzing I'll pick it up but I didn't want just that constant you know dopamine hit of oh my phone's buzzing wonder what it is wonder what it is always having to look at that so I changed that that was one of the big changes I made and it just felt so refreshing because I don't need to constantly be picking up my phone or looking I looked Obviously, I still check it a fair amount. And like I say, if you need to contact me, if you need to get a hold of me right away, because that is a valuable part of owning a cell phone. I consider just like not having a cell phone at all, but I, I was looking at the piece of technology. Like there's a lot of benefits to having cell phones and, and texting and stuff is a great way to, to keep in touch rather than having to always make a phone call and stuff. You know, there's a lot of benefits, but just being really conscious about how I'm using it and how these applications are essentially taking advantage of me. We talk about AI taking over the world or whatever in this sort of Terminator-esque scenario. Well, I feel like it already has because these, who do you have power over your social media and these applications or do they have the power over you? In a lot of ways, I feel right. like we've given our power away. And uh, yeah. and to me, it's just, yeah, living in the, the city as I do, it's, it's crazy just to see how much people are staring down at their phones. And this, it's not like <laughs> I'm the first person realizing this or anything. I mean, this is a huge issue. We all know this. Uh, and I'm just wanted to share some of the ways that I've sort of circumnavigated that. And I feel a lot better about myself and who I am as a person when I don't, when I don't have that and I don't have to care about my, my online Instagram persona, like people who know me, know me, I don't have this curated 
version of myself that I'm out there sharing. And, and like I said, that's just going to intensify with this, these virtual reality worlds and, and the metaverse. So I do think there's a lot of value in, um, yeah, just taking a step back from, from all these technologies and really asking ourselves, what do we absolutely need to use? What are we, what are we personally getting value from versus what does Mark Zuckerberg say that we are going to be doing? hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, man. I, I personally feel just, it's actually weird to me at how significantly lighter and better I feel in my mind and in my body when I physically delete Instagram and Facebook mm. off of my cell phone. And therefore yeah. I just, I'm not unconsciously opening it and checking it. I, I, in 2020, both my partner and I went on like a six month social media detox. Yeah. And that was probably the best six months of our entire lives. No yeah. joke. I was so creative, more creative than I've ever been in my life when it came to writing songs and playing guitar and just who I felt about myself as a person. Like I didn't have all of these hundreds of external energies and people's yeah. uh, influences, like fucking with my, my own yeah. reality and my, my idea of who I am and all these things. Like it really helped me to get clear about just myself and yeah, I, I just, I think that's one of the biggest downfalls to spending copious amounts of hours every single day, like so many of us do on Instagram and Facebook is like, I don't think we understand just how uh, influenced we really are. Mm. I mean, by corporations and uh, ad companies and businesses is one thing, but then also just by people's energy, people sharing with you their lives, whatever random thing is going on in there. It's like, you know, unless that person's uh, posts and content is adding like serious value to your sense of self and who you are. And they, you know, they, it's a fine line that I don't think very many people actually uh, are even aware of. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's, well, crazy I feel like, think where I feel we're at like now. anytime anyone takes a break from social media, they always feel better. That's like a pretty <laughs> <laughs> universal thing and yet we all just take <laughs> yet it of, has us by the balls yeah completely we come it has back everyone to by it. the balls <laughs> yeah. i always end up coming back to it for some reason like it's it's so addicting you know it's just well, so they're, they're masters at that oh i wanted to say another thing that i have done on my phone i you can go into your settings and change the screen to monochrome black and white because part of what makes them so addicting all these bright colors like this yeah. is this is actual science i mean it's like a kid in a candy shop it's insane how bright and colorful all these apps are on your phones like a bunch of jelly beans and and that and the you know there's a reason why that you have that big red heart notification because we're like oh, a heart and and they've yeah. got us they've got us like you say <laughs> by the balls so to speak Completely. and um Completely. where where we're we're not compensated in monetarily for using Instagram. We're, we're getting these digital hearts. So yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. My friend. Well, this has been amazing, brother. We've went over blockchain, decentralized finance, web three, uh, smart contracts and NFTs, augmented reality, virtual reality, deep fakes and the metaverse, which puts a little bow on top of all of these strange, unknown science fiction 
reality-based concepts that we are just at the forefront of yeah. uh, dipping our toes into once and for all, brother. Yeah. I would wow. like to close this just by sort of reminding people that regardless of the pros and cons, this is coming. Web3, the metaverse, NFTs, blockchain, it's, it's coming. And yeah. um, 100%. I'm definitely not here to give financial advice to anyone but um a lot of you know this is where the future is and if you're smart and you educate yourself on this and learn as much as you can you can definitely uh profit i guess and be on you know put your business in in the right place for this upcoming revolution and like we've talked about we're in the process of updating our website uh we're going to bring a marketplace to people we're going to get our yes. tv show going we got a lot of big plans here that that austin and i have been working on behind the scenes and uh absolutely one of those things is going to eventually be putting establishing our presence in this upcoming metaverse and uh yeah so if you own a own a business or anything like that like i said i'm not going to offer any financial advice please don't take this as such but getting getting your your foot in the door with these new technologies is a wise choice because they're gonna they're gonna come and they're gonna come really quickly the same way web 2.0 came when smartphones came out and social media and all of a sudden it was just this revolution of the internet and if you weren't on instagram or on social media promoting your business you're left in the dust a bit. So getting in there and preparing yourself for this revolution, if you have a business, is a wise choice. Don't forget who you are in the process. Totally. Yeah, we're, <laughs> that's, we wanted to have this pod. That's the reason we wanted to have this yeah. podcast. Ultimately, we're about creating a better world and we need to be conscious of these technologies and make sure that we're, using them for the betterment of humankind and not becoming enslaved by them. hundred percent. Technology is a tool and it is uh, not supposed to completely use you and overtake you. We're supposed to use it for our well own said. Well for said, brother. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, thank you for having this conversation, my brother. And uh, I really look forward to the next one. Yeah, it was really good. You did really good, Austin. I am so excited for the future working together. I guess, obviously, now that this is your first podcast, we're going to officially announce that yeah, you're part of the coming. project here. And uh, um, yeah, I'm just really excited for the future. I think you and I both know that we've got some really big things coming down the pipes here. And uh, it's just exciting and i would just encourage people if you like this episode or any of our episodes just to keep sharing them getting the word out we'll grow this community we're all we're already like so grateful for the amount of downloads oh, yeah. and listeners we have of this podcast it's wild and uh we're just super grateful that you're all here along with us for this ride 100 percent, man we love you guys so much <laughs> <laughs> all right cool brother yeah. Till next time. Yeah. Till next time. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, bro. Much love, everyone. And thank you for listening today. Remember to visit us online at www.elysiumproject.tv 
where you can find links to all our social media, online marketplace, blog, and more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.